Greetings and salutations, my fellow humans, and thank you for joining me for episode 3 of ASM Murder. This week, the Leolid Murders. This case was actually brought to my attention by my friend Landon. When he told me that these murders were called the Leolid Murders, I immediately mispronounced it in my mind and thought it had to do with little people, like the little people of Lilliput. Strange, I know, but if you had been following along, you might know that my first impression of these stories ranges from the strange to the ridiculous. In my defense, I had very little to go on. I had never heard of it before. On April 6, 1997, Green County 911 received a call from Baileyton, Tennessee, near Payne Hollow Lane. The residents reported seeing two vehicles drive up and one leave after a series of gunshots. A second call arrived at 911 shortly thereafter by a water contractor also reporting gunshots and what they said sounded like, quote, children on a playground. When Green County Sheriff's deputies arrived on the remote gravel road at around 8.30 p.m., what they saw would come to haunt the region as one of the grisliest homicides in East Tennessee history. And this is ASM Murder, the true crime podcast with an ASMR twist. I'm your host, The Gru, and I just realized that pancakes are basically parkour waffles. Content warning. This episode contains graphic content not suitable for some audiences with mention and or descriptions of crime scenes and graphic violence. Listener discretion is therefore advised. Vidar and Delphina Leolid were a textbook definition of the American dream. Vidar was the son of Norwegian immigrants and his wife Delphina, a first-generation Honduran-American. The two met in Miami in the late 1980s, and in 1989, they were married and preparing to start a family. By 1993, they had moved to just outside of Knoxville, Tennessee, where Vidar found work as a Holiday Inn bellhop. In 1995, their family had grown to include daughter Tabitha and their son Peter. By all accounts, nothing about the Leolid family would seem to be abnormal in the 90s. They lived a quiet life and kept a close circle of friends in their Jehovah's Witnesses congregation. In 1997, Vidar took the family to Freedom Hall in Johnson City, Tennessee to attend an annual Jehovah's Witness assembly. This year's theme verse was Isaiah 54:13, which reads, All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. Those words would come to haunt the hours ahead. After the assembly, some friends of the Leolids invited them to dinner, but were promptly turned down. Finances were tight, and Vidar didn't have the cash to pay. With nowhere to go but the comforts of home, the family started the trip home, down Interstate 81. Around 7.20 p.m., the family made a pit stop with their Dodge van at the rest stop near mile marker 41. Delphina and Tabitha stepped out to use the restroom while Vidar tended to two-year-old Peter's earache. While Vidar was waiting, two women walked by and he posed them a question. Do you believe in God? Those two women were named Natasha Cornett and Karen Howell. The pair were traveling with their friends Dean Mullins, Joseph Reisner, Crystal Sturgill, and Jason Bryant. All six were from Kentucky, 
and had piled into a four-seater Chevrolet Citation at the whim of Cornette. Natasha Cornette was, by her own declaration, an occultist and Satan worshiper. Those facts alone would be enough to incite a satanic panic, but it was also said that she talked to angels and demons and gave them names in her diary. Natasha's life was troubled from the very start. The child of an affair who battled self-image issues throughout her life. Whether or not the devil worship was an outlet to escape her circumstance or a means to act out and gain attention has been the subject of much debate. What we do know is that Natasha was someone of rational mind enough to make decisions for herself. At 17, she was briefly married, and afterwards she spent time living in New Orleans with a friend. After returning to Kentucky, she talked up her violent dreams of wanting to go back to New Orleans and live out the plot of Oliver Stone's natural-born killers. On April 4, 1997, Cornette and the other five were hanging out at the Coley Motel in Pikeville for a night of drugs, alcohol, and reportedly satanic rituals. That night, someone in the group hatched the idea to go on a crime spree in Mexico to, quote, start the Armageddon. Two days later, the choices made by Cornette and her crew would change their lives forever. Cornette had shaken her head no in response to Bedar's inquiry. She told him God was never there for her or ever answered her prayers. Vidar took the opportunity to engage in further discussion while he comforted his son. Howell, Reisner, and Bryant joined them, and Reisner was later quoted as saying, he was talking about God or something. He said, would you like to learn more about God? Meanwhile, Mullins and Sturgill hung back in a citation, bored with nothing to do, while the others did their thing. Reisner broke the silence by stepping over to the car. In hushed tones, he whispered, We're going to do something. Just be ready. Reisner walked back to the table where Vidar was sitting with the girls and pulled out a 9mm handgun. He looked at the group and said, I'm sorry about this. Everybody just be quiet and nothing's going to happen to you. All we need is the van. What happened next is not for the faint of heart. Reisner and crew drove the Leolids Dodge and Chevy Citation to Payne Hollow in Bailington. All four Leolids were lined up in a ditch and shot. The Kentucky teens removed the license plate from the Citation and drove off to Mexico in the van. As Greene County Sheriff's deputies arrived at the scene, they found four lifeless bodies sprawled out in the shape of a cross. Neither Vidar nor Delfina survived. Little Tabitha was barely alive and was later pronounced dead at the University of Tennessee Medical Center in Knoxville. When Deputy Jeff Morgan turned over Peter's lifeless body, he let out a wail and a scream. Peter would be the only member of the family to survive, suffering a lost eye and some spinal damage. In Douglas, Arizona, federal border agents were rebooting their computers before the next shift changed. A Dodge van pulled in just as the computers came up. The van was heading back into the U.S. after being denied entry into Mexico. The agents had the young people get out and began questioning them intensely. They found various belongings of the Leolids, including children's toys and photos belonging to the family. As they asked questions of the six young people, it became clear the belongings in the van were not theirs. All six were arrested and booked at the Cochise County Jail. In custody, Cornette told them her preferred religion was Satan. Extradition back to Tennessee was relatively swift. 
The entire region was outraged by the brutality and senselessness of the crime. One gas station in Knox County even hung up six nooses in protest. A trial, however, never happened. On February 20th, 1998, Cornette and her five accomplices all pled guilty to murder and attempted murder charges. What followed was a week-long sentencing hearing, and by March, all six were sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. And that was mostly it. Peter did make a recovery, and today he is married and living in Connecticut. All six of the murderers remain in prison. Any attempts to appeal or request clemency have been declined to this date. On April 6, 2022, a memorial was held on Payne Hollow Lane honoring the victims for the 25th anniversary. Time has not erased the stains of this tragedy, and those living in Greene County will never forget. Alas, dear listener, we have come to the end of this episode. This is the part where I thank you for hanging out with me, if only for a little while. So, thank you for hanging out with me, if only for a little while. Worry not, though, dear listener. I will return next Monday with a new episode to unpack. You can find that episode, as well as my other episodes, on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Podcast. If you dig what I do and you want to help me keep the lights on in the place, consider going to my website, murderpod.net, and throwing a couple of bucks at me. That's M-U-R-D-E-R-P-O-D dot net. If you can't, that's okay too. I'm just glad to have you. For more on the Leland murders, please check out The Devil Came Knocking, a podcast by James Stewart focusing on the history of the murder and featuring interviews with key individuals involved in the case. Until next time, be kind to yourselves, be good to each other.